beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Hooked on Fantasy. I am your host, Luke Sawhook, and today we have another great show in store for everybody. We have the NFC North Breakdown. Uh, last episode, we took a look at the AFC North, my favorite division, and the National Football League, uh, Steelers, Bengals, Browns, and Ravens. And today, uh, it is NFC North time with the Lions, the Packers, the Bears, and the Vikings. Uh, it's going to be a great show in store for everybody today. We're going to take a look at a lot of questionable running back situations with the Lions and the Bears. Take a look at some quarterback controversy with Aaron Rodgers in Chicago with Justin Fields versus Andy Dalton. A lot of wide receiver question marks in Detroit and all that good stuff. But guys, most importantly, this is the first show where I have sound effects. I downloaded a super cool sound effect uh, app on my phone. Called, I think it's called a meme audio or something. If you guys want to check it out for your podcast, it's really great. Uh, if you like meme stuff, you'll love it. If you don't like meme stuff, you might not like it as much, but I love it. So uh, to get the sound effects off the board, let's start off with a little bit of a, a, a happy sound effect, just, just because, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it's a mistake to give myself sound effects because I'll do it too often and it'll kind of lose its purpose, but you know, uh, might as well, right? So let's start things off with a fart. There we go. All right, starting off with the fart, and we're moving on to one of the stinkiest fantasy football offenses uh, recent history with their terrible quarterback play and their questionable wide receiver play, not named Allen Robinson. The Chicago Bears, I love the Chicago Bears' uh, future right now. Justin Fields, I think they killed their draft class this season by trading up for Fields. I think he is the future of their franchise. And David Montgomery had a stellar fantasy season last year, finishing as their RB4. Uh, Some say it was a fluke to the back half of the easy schedule. I kind of tend to agree with that camp. However, Montgomery's talent is undeniable if you turn on the film and watch him play. He has one of the highest broken tackle rates in the NFL. He's a very successful runner. And right now, he's going in like the third, uh, the end of the third, early fourth round at his ADP right now in redraft leagues, which is an absolute steal in my opinion. He's a stud muffin of a fantasy football running back for your RB1 or RB2 slot if you're going for a very heavy tight end and wide receiver start to your fantasy builds this year. And I really like his value in redraft leagues a ton. I think David Montgomery is locked and loaded again for a huge workload. Sure, Tariq Cohen was not there for a lot of last season because he was injured, but I do think that David Montgomery will still be getting a very, very large majority, if not the full line share of targets and goal line carries and all those good old-fashioned rushing opportunities. Uh, moving on to the wide receivers in Chicago, uh, I mean, there's not much to be said, really. Allen Robinson is a stud muffin. I, I think every single year he lives between that wide receiver, like 15 to 8 range. And I think this will be another really solid year for Allen Robinson. I don't love getting him as my wide receiver one, uh, but if you can get him as your wide receiver two or even three in some leagues, I think that is an absolutely exceptional start to your fantasy drafts. Uh, Allen Robinson is about as safe as it comes. He's very quarterback proof. And if Justin Fields and him start to click, his sky is really the limit. I think his ceiling could even crack the top six this year. If everything really starts to click with Justin Fields in that offense, he's going to see the dominant uh, percentage of that target share. And he's going to see a lot of red zone work and a lot of touchdowns. Uh, moving over to some more sleepers over here in Chicago. We got Darnell Mooney. Everyone knows Darnell Mooney. Everyone loves Darnell Mooney. But the question is, can Darnell Mooney translate those good flashes he does on tape into actual fantasy football success? Uh, my answer is maybe. Darnell Mooney, while he does have amazing flashes of potential on tape, he's open all the time. It really is going to depend on the quarterback to hit him. And for Dynasty... I absolutely love Darnell Mooney at a value. I think that him and Justin Fields are going to have a long-term connection. But in the meantime, I don't really think he is that great of a value with Andy Dalton under center for maybe half of the season. So if you draft uh, Darnell Mooney in your redraft leagues, I think you're kind of stupid. And for that, you earn a Doge Bonk sound effect. Thank you very much, Doge Bonk. 
Anyway, moving on to the tight end position in Chicago, we have Cole Komet and old man Jimmy Grandpa. Uh, Jimmy Grandpa was actually a very, very good fantasy tight end last year. He was a top 10 tight end. He had a lot of touchdowns and saw a lot of red zone targets, but he is so old. I think he's 34, and Cole Komet is, uh, you know, a lot younger, and Cole Komet also showed a lot of potential in his rookie season. He reminds me a lot of the situation kind of going on in Pittsburgh right now with Pat Fryermuth and Eric Ebron. An older, more veteran tight end in front of him with a young, talented rookie, hopefully for the Steelers, uh, coming in underneath him. I think Cole Komet is a very balanced tight end, and he should see a lot more reception work going forward in the Chicago Bears offense with Justin Fields, hopefully. I think that Fields really has an opportunity to break out Cole Komet this year, and Cole Komet's a very talented tight end. I think we all know in the fantasy community that we like Cole Komet around here. Around these parts, we love and respect Cole Komet, you know what I'm saying? I really, really just appreciate the talent that he brings to the field. I think that eventually he'll be able to work out over top of Jimmy Graham, and I think that he will be able to kind of, you know, win the job fully. I think that this is the year where he kind of takes the reins from Jim Grandpa and Grandpa fades away with his walker into the, the everlasting sunset that is the abyss of the tight end room in Chicago. Um, I do really think that Komet is not locked and loaded this season. I've been picking up in a lot of best ball drafts. I would not want to wait for Cole Komet to be my tight end one in redraft leagues this year just because Jimmy Graham is present in the locker room. However, I do think that commits a good value at his ADP. So if you want to have two tight ends on your redraft team, which I don't necessarily recommend doing, Cole commits a good value there. Uh, I do think he can produce. It's just a matter of whose quarterback is Jimmy Graham playing. Is he hurt? Is he healthy? You know, uh, there's a lot of factors there. Moving on to the most important thing about the Chicago Bears for fantasy this season, and it is the quarterback play. The quarterback play is going to be crucial. The Chicago Bears traded up for a lot of draft picks to get Justin Fields this season. And I think it was the, the steal of the draft. Absolutely. Hands down. Justin Fields was the second best quarterback in that draft class. Maybe even the first, if everything shakes out his correct way. I mean, the Chicago Bears is a good landing spot. They have good weapons. They're a good organization. They have an amazing defense, pretty good head coach. Now, Matt Nagy hasn't really pulled it off uh, lately, but he, to his, to his credit, he hasn't had the best quarterback play ever. Mr. Biscay, I'm talking to you. And, uh, and Nick Foles, I'm also talking to you because you were terrible. <laughs> you were so bad, Nick Foles. You were so bad. I think he gets a fart sound effect for that. What do you guys think? Oh, wait. Even better. That sums up the Chicago Bears quarterback situation perfectly, in my opinion. I think that their quarterback play has been historically horrific. The thing is that's really interesting is that they promised Andy Dalton the starting job whenever he signed his contract to come to Chicago. You bring in Justin Fields, who clearly deserves to be the starter right away, in my opinion. Andy Dalton... Well, he is no scrub. He is above average, maybe average-ish, not really even average at all. Uh, he's pretty below average. <laughs> I don't know how I started off with above average when talking about Andy Dalton in a sentence. That was strange. But for your game manager quarterback, Andy Dalton can do a decent job. He can move the ball down the field. and He can, you know, push the offense along okay. But Justin Fields, he can push the ball deep Im immediately. He can drive the ball exceptionally outside the hashes. He can run. He can run the play action. He can play RPOs. He can do it all, really. He's the, he's the perfect quarterback for the modern-day NFL offense. And I think that, hopefully, no later than midseason, Justin Fields take, uh, takes over. And I think that there really will be a great buy opportunity uh, in fantasy football this year for guys like Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney uh, from midseason on to buy low on those younger players who haven't produced that much this season. When Justin Fields takes over, everyone will want to be buying him up. It's a great opportunity to kind of get in there and flip your players for more. And I think that Fields... Uh, what really brings a, a value flip to the table there for Chicago. Moving on to the Detroit Lions. Uh, shout out Chris, Detroit BC on Twitter if you're listening out there, my man. It's your time for your team. The Detroit Lions, uh, the fantasy team this year is very, very interesting. 
for a lot of reasons. Matthew Stafford, franchise quarterback, fantasy star, not superstar, uh, heads out of town. And now we are left with a lot of broken pieces. Jared Goff comes to town after a mediocre season in L.A. Will he bounce back? Will he not? He's only 26 years old, still has a lot of career uh, left ahead of him. But how much arm, how much tread is left on that arm? He has a bit of a noodle arm, and he's a bit of a game manager. Sean McVay is the offensive guru, at least that's how everyone thinks he is around the NFL. What if he really isn't? What if Jared Goff just goes to Detroit and breaks out? That'd be hilarious in my opinion, but I don't think it's going to happen. First up, let's talk about TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson has been a stabilizing force for the Detroit Lions offense these last couple seasons. And I think that this year is the year we really see him make the leap into uh, fantasy football elite realm. I have him slated as my tight end in three this year in PPR, uh, mostly for the reason that they have barely any wide receivers. I'll get to the wide receiver room in a moment. But they do not really have a true wide receiver one at all in Detroit. I think it's a room of a bunch of wide receiver twos or wide receiver threes. And they're all going to be kind of fight, uh, fighting to the death, battling it out for those, uh, those uh, roster spots. TJ Hawkinson, however, will be the locked and loaded uh, number one target in this offense, in my opinion. I think that he's going to be peppered with targets uh, at Jared Goff's low average at the target. And I think he's going to be a PPR monster this season. I think he's a lock for like over 10 points a game. I think he's going to be a really, really good player. Touchdowns might not come in the most uh, high volume for TJ Hawkinson because that offense is probably not going to be moving the ball very well, if I'm being honest. But TJ Hawkinson is going to be a PPR monster, and uh, I really like the value of him in redraft leagues. Moving on to the failure of all failures, the disappointments of all disappointments. Sean McVay loved them. Everybody else hated them. We got Jared Goff. Jared Goff, I just talked about him a little bit more. He's a game manager at his finest. He doesn't really drive the ball down the field very well. He doesn't move very well. He's been a bit banged up recently. In the playoffs, he had that broken thumb that kind of held the Rams back last season, and it didn't end up going very well for them as a franchise. The thing is, though, that I think that Jared Goff is a good value at his ADP in Superflex redraft leagues and in Dynasty. So listen, here's why I think he's a good value in Dynasty, okay? It's because starting quarterbacks of any facet in Dynasty are extremely valuable. Jared Goff is better than most starting quarterbacks in the NFL, so in my opinion. Not most. I don't think he's above average, but I think he's better than a lot of guys who are playing still. I think that he is not washed. I think that he still has a lot of gas in the tank. And I think that it would be best for the Detroit Lions to keep Jared Goff around for the team for a couple seasons and build around him rather than kick him to the curb and draft a quarterback and figure out the rest later. I think they want to see this season what they have in Jared Goff. And if Goff is okay and shows that if he has a supporting cast, he can get the job done, I think they'll keep him. I mean, everyone just forgets that Jared Goff led a team to a Super Bowl uh, just two or three seasons ago against the Patriots. Sure, they lost, and it was like the most boring Super Bowl game I've ever watched in my entire life. Jared Goff is not that bad of a quarterback, you guys, and I think that he is a steal at his current ADP. He does not have great weapons. The offensive line is improving. The defense is terrible. And what does that equal? It equals fantasy football success minus the weapons part. That's why I think TJ Hawkinson is going to be amazing. Moving on into those weapons, though, the wide receiver room is a major, major question mark. You got Tyrell Williams, Rashad Perryman, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, Danny Amendola might be there still. I don't really remember. It's just a bunch of, oh, Quintus Cephas as well. It's just a bunch of what ifs. And the players I'm taking shots on right now are Amon Ross St. Brown and uh, a late sleeper, late, late, late sleeper, probably will be on your waiver wire, is Tyrell Williams. I'm watching him very, very closely in week one. Tyrell Williams is a really solid uh, NFL wide receiver. He's been injured the last couple seasons, banged up with the Las Vegas Raiders, and now he finds his spot on a new roster with the Detroit Lions. And I think they paid him decent money, if I'm not mistaken, to go join that team. I do think that Tyrell Williams 
will be have a pretty critical role in this offense. But the one I'm really paying attention to and drafting a lot in best ball leagues and in redraft leagues extremely late is Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, for you guys who follow me on Twitter, you know I really like Amon Ross St. Brown. I sat down and watched a lot of film of his. He reminds me a lot of Juju Smith-Schuster coming out as a prospect. Very physical, skilled route runner for his size. Plays very gritty. I really like his play style. I think that he has the opportunity to come in and uh, have immediate fantasy success, which is fantastic given his lower draft capital in the fifth round, I believe, which really hurts. However, it doesn't really matter that much in this situation because there's really not anybody in front of him. So if he balls out in training camp and preseason, Amon Ross St. Brown could really easily carve out a big role for himself in the target share of that offense. And I think that Amon Ross St. Brown is very underrated right now just because the offense as a whole feels like garbage. If uh, he landed on a spot in any team that had more of a passing volume than Detroit did and had a better receiving room, I think that he definitely would be higher on people's draft boards. It's just because it destroyed it. It leaves a little stink on him. Moving on to the question mark, even bigger than the wide receiver room for me is the running backs. Uh, DeAndre Swift is, let me start this off by saying this. DeAndre Swift is exceptionally talented. Last year coming out, I had him as my number one running back of talent in the draft class over Jonathan Taylor that may cause some people to roll some eyes, but it was a pretty 50-50 in the industry at the time between analysts and all that jazz. He's very skilled. He's a three-down running back skill set, very talented reception player. They have said openly that they want to get him more touches in space. I think he'll get a lot of touches uh, for a PPR lens this season in the reception game. The thing that concerns me is injury and Jamal Williams. I think Jamal Williams is going to get a lot of goal line carries, and I think Jamal Williams is a very talented running back. And I don't know if they're ready to commit to DeAndre Swift in Detroit. They've said before that they're going to ride the hot hand. It's going to be a committee. It's going to be gross. I think it's going to be gross. I'm currently out on DeAndre Swift at his ADP. I know his ADP is late. I believe it's the third round. Listen, I don't hate it. I will take him out of value. I'm not saying I'm completely out on DeAndre Swift at all. I like him still. I think he's a good player. There is a very wide range of outcomes for him this season. He could easily crack that top 15 and everything goes according to plan. However, I project him in the RB20s or very, very late teens. I think that it's just not a good recipe for him. Lower volume than what you would like for a running back on a poor offense. Maybe not getting the most goal line carries to Jamal Williams. I'm okay being wrong in DeAndre Swift this season. In Dynasty, love him. Long-term, DeAndre Swift is a baller. I'm in on him. I think he reminds me a lot of Alvin Kamara. But right now, this season, 2021, I'm out, man. I'm out on DeAndre Swift right now. I'm not going to lie. I just, uh, I can't do it. I just can't do it. And if you're if you're drafting DeAndre Swift as your RB1 right now, this is what I have to say for you. Stop it. Get some help. Thank you, Michael. Moving on to a much more entertaining offense with even more question marks. Guess what? There's a lot of question marks in today's show. Isn't that interesting? The Green Bay Packers, led by Drama Queen himself, Aaron Rodgers, the most talented quarterback of all time, besides Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion, on an NFL field. Aaron Rodgers is having a bit of a diva streak to him this year. Uh, he does not really want to play for the Packers, and the Packers are not going to trade him. So let's just assume that Aaron Rodgers comes back. He's a locked top 10 quarterback for me, and I think De- Devontae Adams would be my wide receiver one, and Aaron Jones would be a top seven or eight, maybe top six running back for me in my rankings. In the meantime, Aaron Rodgers is outside of my top 10, and in real-life drafts, he's probably off my board. I play fantasy football as risk-averse as possible in my redraft leagues. 
And if I am drafting a quarterback that I don't know is going to be there, I'll pass. His ADP is not bad. It is lower than your middle-tier quarterbacks like Dak Prescott, uh, that kind of range of quarterback. He's a lot lower than that. A lot lower than that for a guy who was the MVP of the league last season. However, we don't know if he's going to show up. And if he does, he's going to put on a show. Aaron Rodgers is a phenomenal quarterback. Devontae Adams will put on a show. He's a phenomenal wide receiver. Aaron Jones will put on a show. He's a phenomenal running back. But will he be there? So now you know what my projections look like with Aaron Rodgers there. Locked and loaded. Devontae Adams, my wide receiver one. Aaron Jones, top eight-ish running back for me. But four, if he's not there, things get ugly quick. Aaron Jones falls out of my top 10. Devontae Adams falls out of my top five. And Aaron Rodgers obviously would be off my board. So the question is for the Green Bay Packers, will it all fall apart if Aaron Rodgers is not in town? And it's an interesting question. Marcus Valdez scaling is a great player to keep an eye on for a great stash and a waiver wire play this season if everything comes together for him. And Robert Tunyon is going to be really interesting. That's all I'm going to say on Robert Tunyon. Very touchdown independent player. If Aaron Rodgers is not there, he's completely off my board. If he is there, I don't mind taking him at a value of like tight end 10 ish uh, or 12. I, I would wait on Robert Tunyon, but he's a good value late, but he's going to be inconsistent for your team. Good best ball tight end, though. Really good best ball tight end. And on for our last team of the day, by far the most exciting, in my opinion, the Minnesota Vikings. Woo! Yeah, baby! That's what I've been waiting for. That's what it's all about. Woo! Minnesota Vikings are a fantasy gold mine. They have been for the past couple of years now. Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are two wide receivers I am in love with this year, especially Adam Thielen as ADP. I think Thielen is a locked and loaded top uh, 18, 15 wide receiver this season. A lot of people are calling for his touchdown regression. I say no. I think that Adam Thielen is just that kind of player. And I think Kirk Cousins and him have a very special connection. Justin Jefferson, I think he may regress a little bit from last season. But at his ADP, I still think he's a good value. Justin Jefferson is a lock top 12 guy, in my opinion, if everything stays the same in Minnesota's offense, if they both stay healthy. By them, I mean Jefferson and Thielen. They pair very nicely on the outside together. And I think that they are a dynamic duo that it's going to be Lighting teams on fire this year for redraft. I love them both so much. Kirk Cousins, beautiful fantasy quarterback. His ADP is always on the freaking floor. He always produces. He always is a fringe QB1 to high-end QB1, like QB10 range. It's where he lives, sleeps, breathes, and makes his money. And, uh, you know, Dalvin Cook is a stud. What more else do I have to say? Dalvin Cook is amazing. He's so good, dude. Dalvin Cook is one of the most talented NFL running backs uh, I have seen my eye with my eyes. He is uh, freaking amazing. This is how I feel every time I draft Dalvin Cook in a redraft league. That's how it feels. Swear to God, that's how it feels. That's how it feels. If you pick him, that's how it feels. And uh, last on the Minnesota Vikings, we have uh, you know Irv Smith Jr. Don't draft him. Don't do it, guys. Don't do it. The head coach literally said that he's not going to get an increased role. If we can't even get head coach speak that's positive, you really think he's going to take a step forward? Really? I don't think so. I'm not buying it. Earth Smith Jr. is off my board personally this season. 
But yeah, guys, that'll wrap up today's NFC North breakdown. The Vikings, I love them. Packers, big question mark. It all depends on Aaron, the Diva, Rodgers, if you're feeling nasty. Detroit Lions, question marks all over the freaking place, except for TJ Hawkinson. He is my father. I love him. And the Chicago Bears, David Montgomery is a fantastic value. Uh, Aaron, Aaron, Allen Robinson is a stud muffin. Darnell Mooney is a fantastic sleeper. Can, who's going to win out in the tight end room, Cole Komet or Jimmy Grandpa? And then keep an eye on Justin Fields versus Andy Dalton. And uh, that'll do it for today's show, everybody. Until next time, I'm your host, Luke Sawhook. At, follow me on Twitter at Luke Sawhook if you are not already. And I will see you on Thursday. Have a great day, everybody. See you later.